Well, good afternoon, church family. Here we find ourselves midweek once again. It is February the 24th of 2021, and we are going to be finishing out uh, the verses of Psalm 119, 113 to 120, uh, the uh, label entitled Psalmic there. And I've entitled this section, God's Word Holds Me Where I Need to Be. So before we reread the text in its entirety, uh, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we do thank you for this new day, and Lord, we thank you for how you've brought us through uh, this uh, week uh, already, and Lord, we look forward to uh, this uh, opportunity to fill in our, our minds with your truth, uh, to be able to give us the ability to see through all of the the uh, truth, uh, all the lies that are out there uh, as we come into your presence uh, to be fed and to learn uh, from your eternal word. And Lord, we just ask that you would bless our time this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The text says, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live, and let me not be put to shame. Uh, in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments." God's word holds me where I need to be. Verses 116 and 117 uh, show a beautiful trust uh, in the the God of all. Because the psalmist says, uphold me, uh, in verse 16. In verse 117, he says, hold me. And the reason why the psalmist is calling on God to do this is because he wants to live. He wants to be safe and be able to know God's truth continually so that he is not put to shame, that his hope will not become hopelessness. So the psalmist here in these two first or these two verses here today are calling out for us uh, to trust in the Lord, to see our need for him each and every day. See, without God upholding those who belong to him, we are opened up to all kinds of things that can seek to defeat us, uh, and to drag us under. You know, sometimes these things are seen, and other times they catch us by surprise. You know, it reminds me here uh, of the example of when you go to the beach. And I don't know if any of you have been in the ocean before uh, and, and actually swam in either the Atlantic or the Pacific Ocean, but you are probably familiar, if you have, with undertow. Uh, and undertow is something that as you're out in the water and depending upon how deep the water is and, and how the currents are flowing, that sometimes it's very easy to, to swim in the ocean. And then other times you find yourself all of a sudden being yanked one direction or another that your feet start to get pulled out from underneath of you. Uh, and you, you can't see it, but yet you can experience it and feel it. And see, that's what happens when we find ourselves living life. And that's why we need, as the psalmist has pulled forth and claimed, that we need God to uphold us, to hold me up, so that we may be safe in regard to God and his truth. 
It reminds me of what it says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13. It says, for I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand. So God is the one who holds our hand, uh, the dominant strong hand, the right hand. It is I, God, who says to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. See, there is a call by the psalmist for God to be who he is, to uphold the psalmist and to not let him stumble and fall. And it reminded me of the song that we uh, have sung in the past, His Eye is on the Sparrow. Listen to the words of this song. It says, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Verse 2 says, Let not your heart be troubled, his tender word I hear. And resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fears. Though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And verse 3 says, whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, and when hope within me dies, I draw the closer to him. From care he sets me free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And the chorus of that song is, I sing because I'm happy, I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And see, that's the testimony of someone who understands how freeing it is to solely and and with complete surrender trust God with who you are and your life, knowing that you will not be put to shame in your hope because God will deliver, because God has his eye on the sparrow. And so, therefore, we know that he watches you and me. Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3 says, I wait patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me uh, and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. See, this is why we need to call on God to be who he is, but also for us to trust in who he is. And then the psalmist here finishes out this section of psalmic uh, with verses 118 through 120. In verse 118, he says, You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. This word spurn in Hebrew actually literally means to tread down, to reject, or to treat as worthless. So, in other words, when we ignore the word of God... We are driving a wedge between us and our Savior. As it were, we become worthless to God because his truth has been suppressed. And so God refuses to accept those who do not abide by his word. And so the psalmist is not only making a declarative statement, but he is also, uh, in a sense, putting forth a caution to each one of us that we, too, do not go astray from God's word knowing full well that in our cunning, in our uh, inability to love God and to keep his word as we should, that we are not pulling the wool over God's eyes because he will see right through it and he will see us for what we have become when we ignore his word. We become worthless. Uh, 
we become those who need to be tread down and rejected because of uh, our departure from God and his ways. Then he goes on to describe it with a, a beautiful word picture here in, in verse 119. So Psalm 119, verse 119, it says, All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. See, because God is holy, he must discard that which is impure. Now, dross is a mass of solid impurities, um, often of different metals and, or minerals that uh, come to the surface when metal is heated to its melting point. Uh, and you can see that when you melt steel, that oftentimes if there's other minerals or other uh, different metals that have lower uh, boiling temperatures, uh, they will float to the top of that surface of the metal. Uh, so that it's it's either on the top or it's dispersed within the metal. And when I think about the effects of dross on pure metal, this is what it does. It makes pure metal look dull and unattractive. It disguises the pure metal, making it near impossible to see. It does not help or bring value to the pure metal. And it actually can damage the pure metal, making it susceptible to decay or rust. And so that word picture, as you think about the dross and you think about the wicked of the earth, that God, he discards them like dross. Now think of that in relation to the effects of sin in a believer's life. Because sin in a believer's life makes us look dull and unattractive. It makes it hard for the world to see any difference in us. In other words, we begin to blend in. And it robs the glory of grace and mercy from the Lord that we've experienced through saving faith in Jesus Christ. And it damages our walk with God and our testimony to the world. So the psalmist is saying as he takes in and, and states a reality is that it's also, again, a caution for us to make sure that we are not allowing sin to come into our lives. Because God is, because of his holiness, because of his purity, he has to discard that which is impure. And yes, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are positionally in Christ, uh, fully forgiven, fully righteous. But every time that we give in to temptation, every time that we, we think or we say or we do things that we know are contrary to God's uh, word, then we put ourselves into the position of having sin in our lives that will affect our life. It will affect how we look to the rest of the world. It will affect our walk with God uh, and our testimony to the world at, at large. And finally, in verse 120, after saying that uh, as he looks at the, the, the wicked of the earth, um, that they're discarded like uh, dross, uh, which is useless in the, uh, the sense of pure metal, that he is going to love God's testimonies, he says, My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. See, the truth that sin and the refusal to abide or walk in God's word should propel us toward a holy fear and respect for God's judgment. Because God does judge sin. We've seen that fully in sending his son Jesus Christ to the cross. But as we live the Christian life, we need to make sure that we, like the psalmist, tremble out of fear, out of respect for who God is, 
realizing that, as it says in Proverbs 1-7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom instruction. See, the thing is, we should not despise God's wisdom or his instruction because it is those very things, that very knowledge, that very application of God's eternal word that helps us to see who God is in his holiness and helps us to see how awful sin is. It reminds me of what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 10, starting in verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God? to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. It is good for us to have a healthy fear of God. Not that we are afraid of God as in trembling in fear of judgment, because we know in Christ we are are no longer condemned. We are no longer under the wrath of God. But it does affect our walk with him. And we know that when we... uh, fear the Lord as we should, when we walk in his ways as we should, when we love him as we should, when we serve him as we should, uh, and we keep his commandments as we should, it is for our good. See, this fear comes from an appreciation and understanding of just how much God hates sin and fearing his judgment on that sin. Because there is always consequences to the choices that we make, even after we put our faith and trust in Christ. Because our salvation does not erase the consequences of sin. Because Jesus Christ did take the penalty, he did take uh, God's wrath upon himself. But sin in a believer's life will affect uh, both directly and indirectly our walk with God and our testimony with the world. And let me close with this quote from James Montgomery Boyce. It says, It is only as we tremble before the exalted and holy God that we will ever see the world and its distorted values to be the empty things they are. If we do not tremble before God, the world system will seem wonderful to us and consume us pleasantly. And so my call for myself as well as you, my brothers and sisters in Christ today, is that we would tremble before the exalted and holy God, the one to whom we owe our all, because he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. That we would see him as holy, and as being the holy God of all, he must disregard that which is uh, uh, impure, to discard it. Just like dross is thrown away as it comes off of the pure metal, as that heat takes and purifies and and gives us the the purity of the, the base metal, we need to make sure that we are walking with God, that we look to him to uphold us according to his promises, to hold us up so that we can be safe, so that we can continually honor him and see him as the one who watches over us. Let's close in a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we do thank you for uh, this beautiful passage today. We thank you for the reminder that your word does hold us where we need to be and that we should be diving deep into it, that we should not ignore it, that we should study it, that we should meditate on it, that we should chew upon it to make it part of who we are 
each and every day to know that your truth transforms. Your word uh, shows us where we need to go, what we need to change. And it reminds us of who you are. It reminds us that uh, when all those feelings of discouragement come, when all the shadows come, when our hearts feel lonely and we long for heaven and home, we have Jesus as our portion, our constant friend, the one who watches over us. And Lord, I pray that you would give our church family the victory they need today, the sense of overcoming because of the power of your spirit in and through us today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, church family, and thank you for joining us today on this Wednesday, February 24th of 2021. Next time we join together, it'll be the month of March uh, and that much closer to spring. And so God bless you. Have an awesome remainder of this week. And Lord willing, we'll see you on Sunday.